Welcome to Study Buddy, meditation philosophy for the heart of your practice. This is a live online discussion of ancient yogic texts amongst meditation practitioners in the Shambhavananda Yoga tradition. My name is Acharya Satyam, resident teacher at Konalani Yoga Ashram in Hawaii, and I welcome you with love and respect. Um, just want to say hello, uh, Janani, welcome to the show. It's a class, it's not a show. It only feels like a show when we're like starting and then it feels like a class. Um, Ashley, how's it going? I don't know if we've met, but good to have you here for class. Pretty sweet. Shoshone back in the house. Good to see y'all. Hey, Javon representing. BU or BC? It's BU. No. Boston University? Way off. Okay. What's that? He nodded. Yes. Gita, welcome. Shar, how's it going? Cool. Dr. Johnny. Tara, Yogita, so steady. Anju, thanks. Uh, big thanks to Darcy for helping out on the building once again, coming through in the clutch. Anandama, feeling better, feeling better every day. Awesome. Marcella, hey. All right. Well, I don't want to waste um, any time tonight. Uh, we're going to go right into the presentation here with Jatila. He's going to start us off uh, talking about the topic for tonight, which is, you know, a little bit about the pause between the breaths, a little bit about the pause between activities in our life. It's going to be very applicable for meditation and off the cushion. We'll meditate for a little bit with Jatila, then I'll come in, add a little bit to the discussion, we'll meditate again, <laughs> and then uh, we'll do a little bit of free writing and finish the class with discussion. So hopefully it'll be sort of a nice uh, mixture and flow of, of discussion, meditation, reflection. Um, but thanks everyone for being here, making this class so special. Jatila, handing it over to you, my friend, and spotlight yourself, I hope. Hi everyone, audio good? Ah, awesome. Cool. All right. Well, thanks, Sachem. Yeah, well, um, Sachem and I have been working on this for a little while and we we had similar ideas or I feel like sometimes we just are catching the same wave in a way. Um, so the topic tonight um, that I'm really excited to uh, work with everyone and explain my uh, talk about my experience is embracing the in between, and similar to pause, um, and we'll we'll work with that. But um, you could think of it like taking advantage of the moments in your life that seem uh, like very mundane, uh, maybe not filled with much meaning, seemingly, but are actually filled. Uh, with the same expanded awareness we're looking for in our meditation practice. Um, this awareness we can take part in not only feels calm and clear, like qualities associated with a meditation practice, but also connects us to a level of surrender that actually makes us more functional and happier in whatever we're doing. Um, Okay, just sharing my screen. All right, everyone can see the quote from Babaji. 
Awesome. Okay. So the timeless teaching <laughs> um, of Babaji's um, uh, teachings about being present. So Babaji teaches us that when you do the dishes, try only doing the dishes. Focus on each dish. And it seems that this teaching, I've, I heard it the most, the like the thousandth, the one thousandth time that Babaji said it. Um, and so I realized for a while when he said this, that reflecting on my experience, um, I thought I was being present while scrubbing and rinsing dishes. Um, but in actuality, I really wasn't totally there for the whole experience. I was trying to multitask, which is a big part of um, what I'm going to be talking about. Um, I'd focus again every time that I'd, you know, needed to like see if there was any oatmeal on the pot um, or whatever was on it. Um, and then when I was back to scrubbing it off, um, I'd get into it and then my mind would just be thinking about something else or what was next after this. And seeing this happen to myself, um, you know, it confirms what scientific studies have been telling us for years that multitasking doesn't really exist as, as we might think about it. Um, and it also makes us much less effective in what we're doing, um, which we can really see ourselves if we become aware of it. We actually end up less focused. Um, and less aware of what we're doing, kind of like um, when Babaji describes going down the road and not remembering even driving because we're distracted. Um, so considering this teaching of being more focused and present with just one thing, I, I really wondered, it felt a little different, it felt new, uh, and I wondered, do I take advantage of these simple moments of in-between, this mundaneness? Do I give it my full attention? Because um, it doesn't seem to require my full attention. Um, so it was an interesting contemplation. Um, for another example, similar to the driving. So uh, when I would be driving to do errands, um, let's just say Home Depot, um, I would often turn on a podcast, you know, learn something new, pass the time, just try to fill in that in-between time from point A to point B. I wanted to, I wanted to be, feel meaningful. Um, and then again, that question was, am I really using this moment? Am I really using it? And upon reflection that well, the answer is not really. Um, I could see how these moments felt kind of meaningless in a subtle way. Um, and even more subtly, I was trying to fill them with something meaningful, something with substance that kind of, you know, made me feel like it was worthwhile. Um, while learning or enjoying yourself isn't a bad thing, often, oftentimes Babaji describes how it's definitely not. Um, I had a curiosity, really, of what it would be like to just listen to Baba, to do nothing else um, within these in-between moments. 
And so this brings us to an amazing sutra, um, Shiva Sutra 2.2, which directs us towards the practice and the benefits of being focused and present. And it reads Prayatna Sadaka. Prayatna Sadaka. Causeless effort brings about their attainment of God consciousness. Causeless effort brings about their attainment of God consciousness. And to me, the sutra simply explains that with causeless effort, if we keep seeing our energy going off in a different direction and with a real desire, resist that pattern and instead surrender and let it go, you know, become focused again in the present, a state of openness is, is waiting for us there. Um, and, you know, when you're doing something, um, you know, this can happen multiple times. It's not like you win the first time. It's, it's a practice. Um, but from that place of focusing and refocusing on what we're doing, um, how I'm getting distracted, um, when I feel that pull to add something else, like I'm bored and I, I want that meaningfulness, um, when you keep coming back to the present moment, it sets that stage for being able to feel a simple joy inside that you couldn't see before because you were always in that distraction. So I saw a closer look more into my natural state, a closer feeling of that God consciousness that the sutra is talking about. So after using some mundane moments of in-between to become present, surrender, distraction, and from there feeling, feeling that opening, I saw that I could now see that my day was full of opportunities, um, so many opportunities to practice. And saying it and explaining this is like, it wasn't, it doesn't sound like a very hard thing, but it was just seeing where I was looking outside of myself for that meaning and then coming back to what I was doing. It sounds familiar, right? It sounds like um, what Babaji teaches us all the time. So I've been excitedly trying, trying this out more for the past month and meaning it's not like I haven't tried that before, but I feel a natural desire. It's um, in that same sutra, they talk about an unartificial effort. Um, and this effort or this natural desire, it keeps that process going. Um, it keeps that energy um, of desiring that internal state. Um, but let's get back to dishes one more time. Um, so uh, here at Eldorado Ashram, we all take a night where we clean the kitchen or more than one sometimes. And so I'm putting the freshly cleaned dishes away at the end of the day. Um, and I resist the impulse to get distracted, to you know, think about what's next, um, you know, how long I'm gonna meditate, where I'm gonna meditate, um, or making a list for the next day. I resisted that impulse and I was just present with each dish that I put away. 
Um, and it was a real night and day difference. It sounds simple, but it, it was really different. Instead of just grabbing all the utensils and throwing them in the drawer, which I do, um, I felt the warmth of a clean spatula, like just right at fresh out of the dishwasher. And it sounds, maybe sounds funny, but maybe you know what I'm talking about. Um, and just this experience brought me inside. That warmth of the spatula, it's like magic. It literally warmed my heart at the same time. Um, and it was just really wonderful. So dishes have now become moments where I can find my practice and find through being present in a seemingly mundane situation, um, a point of in-between, um, I found a true inner field experience rather than just um, something that I was didn't really care about. Um, so now when it's my night to, to do the dishes, to take care of the kitchen, I don't feel a pull to be anywhere else. I just enjoy being present and tidying up um, and just being there in that one place. Um, and doing that, I mean, it, it transfers into other things that I do as well. Um, so while our, our daily list um, of things to do benefit from this kind of inner work, uh, we also want that progress to seep into our meditation practice, um, that seated practice that we do every day. Um, and oftentimes for me, I feel like it's easier to stay present when I'm doing physical seva because it's very engaging for my mind and my body. And then when I sit for my meditation, can't use that physical tool in the same way. Um, I have to be more diligent and I have to find that desire, more of that desire for that causeless effort. Um, but with that experience in my day of that surrender, um, I can draw on and bring that into my meditation practice. Um, especially when you know you sit down and then that's where everything piles on top of you. Um, so what I've gotten from um, Babaji's teachings is that while being more fully present and even so just starting with these simple tasks, I can feel all my senses kind of moving towards what I'm doing because they aren't moving towards some distraction. Um, multitasking just doesn't work. Um, my awareness becomes focused. And from there, I can find level ground for, from which to open. Um, and I'm much more happy. Um, also, one last part of that was um, that feeling of wanting to fill my mundane time with something meaningful. Um, doing this practice, I'm not missing out on anything. Um, I'm actually gaining a lot of ground um, inside, which that's what I really want, um, because I'll probably forget about the podcast the next day anyway. So, um, But our seated practice uh, benefits from all the work we do in this way. Um, so we're going to meditate for about 10 minutes.
So feel free to find your seat, if not there already. And feel free to find yourself just present. And like that warm spatula bringing you inside, just find the calm moment that you're experiencing now. Transfer within and just let yourself become present with your breath. And as you become present with your breath, notice if your mind is trying to fill that space with something that it thinks is meaningful. Could be any distraction if that arises for you. And then as you find that surrender, that, that next breath, allowing you to let go of any of these distractions you find, even just if it's a sense of quietness, that that really is meaningful. You can feel the nourishment of that quality. And let the effort be natural, unartificial. And to find that you just have to let go. And because our natural state is bliss, that natural desire to find that is there.
And you can keep this natural desire to stay inside, just continue to relax with that. You can slowly open the eyes and just transition right into uh, Sachem's presentation. Thank you, Jatila. Amazing. Um, I just wanted to touch on some of my some key points that really stood out to me in that ex explanation. I really liked um, the. For me, there was a big experience, a takeaway that the joy of our heart is very subtle, and that it's so easy to miss. Um, when you said the the warm spatula, I was like, yes, I know that kind of joy. And I think, you know, I'm wondering by a nod of heads out there, do you all know that kind of joy? It's like, yeah, it's this thing where we, we, it doesn't get talked about a ton in society, but we as yogis definitely know it. And I think as human beings, we know it too, but we encounter it a lot as yogis because we're constantly trying to like pare away, pare away the distractions. And that kind of joy is so special. Um, Abaya and I once were on just on a day off and we were really tired <laughs> and we um, were just like sitting in a tide pool and the water was just sort of splashing into the tide pool and splashing out and looking at the shells and we were just like this is so utterly simple but we were so happy with it and we just looked at each other like why is this so good right now? You know, and it's just like that kind of joy. Your presentation really reminded me of that kind of joy and how it is right under our nose if we're willing to simply take out whatever's between our nose and it and just move it to the side for a moment, not reject it, but just take some space. Um, so thank you for that. And I also liked that concept you brought in about the natural desire, um, the uh, in Sanskrit, akrita, the uh, sincere desire to practice, because I really think that's important when we're talking about working with our likes and dislikes. You know, I think Jatila went out of his way to say, you know, like, hey, podcasts aren't the problem. Uh, these things aren't the problem. Talking while you're doing dishes, if you got a friend in the room, that's not the problem. But if you have this desire and you want to know that next level of joy or you're feeling your practice growing because we just had an intensive and you want that next level, then follow that natural desire, you know, like let it bubble up and let yourself just sort of pursue your practice from that just wish to be like, I don't know exactly what's going to happen, but I know that this feels like practice right now. Just the idea of like, making my life a little simpler in this moment. And so I really thought that was super valuable to bring into this discussion because it will, this concept will come up when you are in a situation, uh, distraction is because you want something and you sort of inside know it might not be the best thing for you right then, but it's gonna come up and it's gonna encounter your likes and your dislikes, right? So it's like, be natural with it, don't, push and pull, but like, let it be natural. Let it do, for example, 
for me, and this is sort of segueing into what I can share, what I can add to this discussion. When we leave the ashram here, and if you've ever been in teacher training with us back in the day, you know, Anji, you can be like, I remember this. Um, we do Ganesh Mantra whenever we leave the ashram, uh, just four or five minutes, you know, um, and it just makes a bridge between what you were doing and what you're about to do. And it just ensures that you're bringing the practice with you. It just acts as a bridge in those first moments when we tend to be very graspy, you know, like you get in the car and you just unnaturally, you just press something or the car literally starts playing something without you even pressing anything um, to more or less make your ride quote unquote more enjoyable. And it will be more enjoyable superficially, but you're not going to get the warm spatula enjoyment necessarily, you know? And so building in these bridges um, in our experience can be really powerful. And I'm calling an audible on my own presentation at this point. I'm going to drop in um, a, a slide that I had actually, we actually were working on and using in our upper level training, our, our yoga teacher training. Um, I was only going to touch on this a little, but now I'm just going to make it the fulcrum of the talk. Um, so you all know about this concept of the five acts of Shiva. If this is the first time you're hearing about it, recapping it briefly, it's, it's pretty straightforward. Every event in our life uh, crosses through a pretty standard trajectory of experience. There's a creation phase. I'll try to mirror it. Creation phase, meaning like this class started at three o'clock Hawaii time. That creation phase sort of moves into this sustenance middle phase. Uh, right now we are in the middle of this class, literally the class, we're just in it, right? You can, you're like, wow, I'm really just in this class. I don't, I'm not really thinking about what's after it or before it, I'm just in it. And then in about 25 minutes, 30 minutes, this class is gonna dissolve. And then there's gonna be this sort of void-like space at the bottom. Um, let me drop this image on the screen for, people in this room I always forget to take care of there you go there's what we're looking at okay um so that void space at the bottom is exactly the space that Jatila has been sort of turning our attention towards now um you might ask those were only three phases creation sustenance dissolution what are the other two well that is the idea that all of this can be um, either concealing your true nature from you, or it can all be revealing your true nature to you. Which one will it be? Um, so it's, for example, this drive to Home Depot that Jatila was talking about. Is this drive to Home Depot going to be concealing his true nature while revealing how to get better sleep in a sleep podcast that he's probably listening to? Or is it going to be revealing his true nature, okay, because he's actually using this experience to uh, raise his own awareness? Um, again, it's not about accepting or rejecting. This isn't an anti this or that kind of thing. It's more like just recognizing where your energy is going. That's all we're talking about. And so something that's really valuable uh, that I was referring to with the Ganesh mantra, or this might be really helpful in your own life. Actually, you probably already do it and you may not even realize it, um, is to really pay attention to this, to the transitional phases right here 
at this part of the circle. And on the, on the slide over here, it says Nimesha and Unmesha. Nimesha and Unmesha are the Sanskrit words that indicate the transitional phases towards or away from this void-like space that we're also pretty afraid of in a weird way that we constantly distract ourselves from feeling. We're not like literally afraid of it, but we're like uncomfortably afraid of it somehow. And I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about me I'm talking about, you know, the, this experience. Um, and so if you can pay attention to that, that transition into and out of the void like space, it really eases the experience. It's almost like if you're trying to take a little bit colder shower than usual, just sort of like starting warm and then just sort of turning it a little bit colder instead of like jumping into a cold shower. You know, it's just like that, like that eases it, eases you into that void-like space. Um, and so what this would look like in real life, uh, I already named one example, but I'm going to name another one now, um, is uh, if anybody has kids, I don't have kids yet, or, you know, but um, I know this to be true. When you're, when you're about to leave uh, the playground, you don't just walk up to the kid and say, we're leaving. Okay, I think we all know that. You, Kids or no kids, we know that doesn't work. Uh, what do you say? You say, 10 minutes till we're going. I don't know if they know 10 minutes. Maybe it's five minutes till we're leaving. And then you're like, one more minute. And then you're like, last thing. And then you're like, this is the real last thing. And then you are in the car. And then the experience is sort of entering that void space, right? We're not in the playground anymore. We're not quite at home yet. We're sort of in that void space, right? And so it's like you tried to taper into it, you know, for the kid. Well, guess what? It's not just hard for kids. It's hard for us. And when we can help ourselves out by inserting a little bit of practice into those transitional spaces, um, we will also arrive in that void space more consciously. Um, so, for example, you're approaching the end of a great meal. Um, or the end of a great experience, maybe a trip that you're taking. Um, I remember Babaji just saying, hey, just breathe it in. Just breathe it in. And it helps you, like, you, you know, it's like the sun setting. You can't slow that sunset down, you know, but what you can do is breathe it in. You can try it. Just imagine, like, you know, your favorite meal or your you know, a, a beautiful experience in front of you and you just, just breathe it in. You bring a little bit of consciousness to the tapering edge, to the dissolving of this experience. And it's amazing how much that helps you actually arrive. You know, you start to feel in that moment, oh, okay. Okay, the joy's right here. It's not really leaving. It's just dissolving into what? And that's sort of where I'll end. What is this void-like space that we so hesitantly, you know, approach? Well, um, it's it's called it's a liminal space. Um, and the Vigyana Bhairava actually has a very uh, clear way of describing this space, which I'm going to click to here. The Vigyana Bhairava says, this liminal space 
which is absolutely pure and filled with universal consciousness, fills the whole universe with bliss. This liminal state, which is absolutely pure and filled with universal consciousness, fills the whole universe with bliss. It's this space from which all things will be born and created. It's the space which all things dissolve into. It's a pretty rich space. The idea that we wouldn't want to experience it is funny when you like think about it. It almost seems like, wow, I definitely want to be a part of that the next time it arrives. Um, so with that, we're going to just um, dive in to our practice for another five minutes. Then we're going to do a two or three minute free write. And then the rest of the time is for discussion. So hopefully you're in a, a space, like a seat that's conducive to breath and stillness. Shoulders are relaxed, hearts just very gently lifted. You can let the eyes close. Swallow. This space, you have to let yourself almost uh, sink down into. And we can imagine this space in the heart. You know, in terms of Matrika Shakti, the heart is where words are hidden and the vibrational power of reality is rich. And so with each breath, let your awareness be drawn down towards the heart. And as you exhale, don't let yourself go out with the exhale. Instead, let yourself sink in and, and expand in that heart space. And swallow again, and it will allow the breath to more easily find the center of the chest. And as you exhale, let the awareness that you normally hold in your head and your thoughts, let it just melt into this pool or this lake of the heart. This lake of awareness, which is absolutely pure and filled with universal consciousness. This reservoir of the heart, which fills the whole universe with bliss.
imagine yourself for a moment in one of those in-between spaces. Imagine we're not in this class right now where you're just sitting in a room. This class just ended. And let yourself just be fully present with your breath right now and just sit in this room and embrace this in-between space. And slowly allow the eyes to open a little bit. Because when this class ends, you're not going to just keep sitting in that room. You did a little bit of transitional practice there. You took one breath in that space, right? A couple breaths. And then life is going to continue. And so we're going to write right now. We're going to do a little free writing. And look at this as like the next activity that life will present you with. And just try to stay relaxed and sort of liminal, sort of relaxed in that in-between as you simply reflect on your experience of these in-between spaces in your life. Um, and so we'll have about two or three minutes. I'm going to play some music that might be helpful or, or conducive. Um, you can always lower the volume if it's not. Uh, here we go. Reflecting on anything and everything that you have felt and learned tonight.
wrapping up your thoughts. Taking a moment to reread what you've written. Toss a few uh, keywords into the chat box to get the discussion started. I'll just give that a minute. Sometimes that can take a while, but let's just take a minute for that. All right. Ready for y'all. Oh, wait, hold on. All right, Jacila, you want to read some? Yeah. Um, closure. Digestion. Settling in. Sleepiness. Fixing to. Bring the in between to my in of awareness. Supported. Illuminating. Simple steps. Trust, deepening consciousness. Surrendering. Ready to change my perspective. Thanks for sharing, everybody. Um, would anyone like to, is, does anyone feel inclined to share? These are all really wonderful. <laughs> oh, wait, irritable and distracted. <laughs> All right, Marcella, I saw that hand. Uh, I, my word was closure. And I was really um, connecting to when you said about, when you said Satchan about um, like at the end of a meal was kind of what kind of brought that to me. It's like, we've probably all had like the experience of like eating and then realizing like, oh, the food is gone. <laughs> and it's almost like, 
you're like, oh man, like I didn't enjoy that. Like I was so excited for that meal and then I didn't enjoy it. And it's almost like I wrote like, uh, find myself dropped into the feeling, into feeling the lack of the previous experience. So it's like, um, it's like almost a little bit uncomfortable and you're like, like you don't feel hungry anymore, but you still feel like you missed what you had wanted to experience. And then I think about when I am really conscious and I'm like, okay, like I'm finishing my meal. And then afterwards I feel more satisfied. And then I like to take the moment to like appreciate it and then step into the next thing. And I thought that that was really helpful to hear that example. And then the other thing I wanted to kind of, kind of a question, but also I think I kind of have an answer to, but I'd like to hear maybe what someone else thinks. Um, is like, especially at the beginning of starting a practice, I really like to do things like a thousand percent. And um, so I'll be like, okay, like I wanna practice like during all parts of my day, you know? And it's like, okay, I'm never gonna listen to a podcast and I'm only going to like listen to the Guru Gita or whatever on my drives. And then it's like getting burnt out from that. And, um, but then I feel like that almost ties into having too much doership and that causing the burnout, but yeah. Yeah, I don't know about anyone else, Marcel, I know exactly what you're talking about of wanting to be like, I'm gonna grow today and <laughs> like everything all at once. And then you have that experience I don't know. It's kind of like what you're saying with the food. It's, um, I don't know. You seemingly forget about what you were, um, trying to do so hard. I, mean, I don't know, because there was so much doership or, um, but, but when the approach, like you said, I'm, like, I'm just going to be present with the meal. Like if it's just in the moment and it's not deciding like in the future, I'm going to do all these things, but just right now, I'm just going to be simple with what I'm doing right now, that seems to work, I think. Um, anybody else resonate with that? Or yeah, Nanama, you wanna share? Yeah, this is a little different. Um, I was really struck to tell you about when you said, um, something that doesn't require your full attention, like washing the dishes, how you can feel, fill it with something you think is meaningful rather than with presence and with what is actually meaningful. And that really struck me to think that having to shift the understanding or the knowledge or the thought, whatever, that what is meaning, meaningful is presence rather than my thoughts or my to-do list or my whatever I ruminate on that I just really was struck by that. And then when Satcham, you, you added in the five acts of Shiva with the spaces, right? So I have the spaces in between the creation and the maintenance or the uh, absorption, the dissolution, that that's when I wanna fill it with nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> 
other than presence. And I just really am looking forward to working with that this week. I, it's just a, net, a little way that you guys just put a little twist on something and those new words. I really loved that. Really struck me. It landed, as you say, Sachin, it landed. <laughs> I didn't know I said that. That's cool. I was going to know your phrases. Yeah, for me, it, you know, and according to that, that second Dharana that we studied in class a few weeks ago, it's, you know, if you can watch the curve, if you can watch the turn, then you're going to arrive at the stillness. You know, if you can just be a part of that turn, the the going from this to that, if you can just be right, if you can be present for this, that little shift, you tend to be more present the whole way. It just, so there's so much, there must be a lot of energy in that turn like when i'm going from the ashram on an errand when you get in that car and you start i think there is a lot of energy there and if you just direct it at the very just at that beginning moment it seems to go okay whoop, here we go whereas if you don't direct it at that beginning moment it's it's almost like you get it's like the further you drive you know then you end up having to make a really big leap to get over here but it's like here it's just like a little just a little shift but it's like down the road, you could be really distracted and it's, it's harder to make that, to get back on track. Now, little shifts. I think Shoshone, are you, is someone wanting to, I see Tashi has the microphone, but. Hey, can you hear me? Hello. Okay. Uh, oh, you're good. I hear you. You're good. Oh, you you do hear me. Okay. They they <laughs> oh, told me. Yes. That's a... you good. Okay. <laughs> um, well, just reflecting on being simple and uh, not multitasking, and uh, particularly for my my job or in Ashley's job too, being in the kitchen um, is a very challenging thing to to just do one thing at a time and I'm you know I've never actually tried that hard to like to just do one thing at a time I've always kind of just embraced that it was you know like it's just part of it I've got to start the rice and go cook the doll and while I'm cooking the doll I'm gonna start the dough and uh and I, I think um I'm interested to see like if I try a little harder at it what will happen uh, and I, I have a couple of theories about like how it might go. Um, but it, yeah, I, I think it's, it's hard and it might be worthwhile. Like it might help accomplish a couple of goals that I have for the kitchen, like being simpler with the food uh, or like having a cleaner space. I feel like if you're doing a lot of things all at once, you kind of can forget to clean in the in-between parts. Um, and for me, that's kind of a metaphor where like, if I'm doing one thing and keep going on to the next thing without having that space in between, uh, my inner state starts to get cluttered with the, the peels of my past. Uh, and the empty bottles and such. Nice. You got a few laughs out of that one here. 
Thanks. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Tashi, that's interesting. I I know that I know what that kitchen feeling is like, um, and you do such a good job. So I, I it's that is really interesting. It sounds really present. Um, you know, you're present with each thing you're doing, but you're doing just so much. So I would be interested to see if if that changes or if or if whatever you feel like could I don't know be filled with more focused awareness that. I, that would be interesting to to see if that changes your experience. Yeah, I was thinking like may, maybe just I'll try just like a little bit harder, like just a little. <laughs> like I'm not gonna like only ever do one thing at a time. I'm gonna try a little and see how it goes. I think one thing to keep in mind is is starting from this perspective, from like what these quotes are about and what Sheila is about talking about a lot tonight is just start from the space between and do that one pointedly, the space that's supposedly in between the important things and then just see how that feeds in naturally. Like you don't even, it won't even feel like you have to, it's almost like you will just, you arrive differently. Yeah, because it's like, it'd be silly to think like you're multitasking this in between space right it's like easy to be like oh well in the in between space multitasking isn't even really on the table it's just you know so i think that'd be it just because it does seem like you're juggling a lot i see gita and i see yogita is unmuted i don't know if that was you know on purpose but gita go for it your hand up as i was listening to tasha i was thinking uh of when you have all of these things that you have to get done in a certain kind of order, the way you described it, I was saying you're in a flow, which is being present. It's you're not perseverating or worrying about, but you just have this organic flow going on. I don't know. That was that was the impression I got when I as I was listening to you. So anyway, that's my two cents worth. Yeah, I think the the flow is definitely a part of it for me. And uh, I, I feel like there's always just somewhere to improve. Um, and and so I, while I do acknowledge the nature of the kitchen, uh, it's, it seems that that space is really where that next step is for me uh, in, my, in my work, like in my sadhana, my seva. Uh, so I'm, I'm really interested. Thanks, thanks, Jatila and Sacham for bringing that up because I'm really interested to see where that's gonna uh, lead. Nice, yeah, that'd be exciting. Yogita, did you want to share some of your experience? I really liked your um, your line that you put in the chat. Six inches. Well, um, one day I, uh, when I was teaching. Uh, fourth grade I said we're fixing to go to lunch and there was this new child that didn't know me and he started to line up to go to lunch and the other student said no we're not ready to line up she's just fixing to <laughs> and so get ready but I think this would really help me because sometimes I'm so busy about thinking well what am I going to get at the store I get to the store and I don't have my 
my money on my credit card or something, you know? So it, I think I, I have trouble, I think, going from one thing to the next. And so I need to focus more on what do I need to go to the next thing instead of all just jumping to the next thing and then not having what you need, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, that sounds, that sounds right. It's like when we're, when we're always ahead, we're not super focused with what we, what we really need. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, totally understand. Yeah. Oh, Janana, you want to share real quick? Yeah, if there's time. So I want to say thank you. Um, whoops, I'm not sure what's happening to me, but uh, I just want to say thank you for bringing this subject up because I realized that I am, I'm I'm like rarely focused on one thing. Uh, even when I'm, you know, when I'm working, I have a job where I have a, a work that is very mentally focused, but I listen to music while I'm working, or I listen to a podcast while I'm working, or I knit and listen to a book, or I, you know, make dinner and listen to music. So and I find that um, it's like, I'm not comfortable with the silence of just doing that one thing. So I, um, I wanna try that, you know, just sort of stop needing so much stimulation, you know, and just, so I, I appreciate that. I'm like, oh yeah. So that's why I said, oh yeah. You know, discomfort. I'm feeling discomfort and irritability at the idea of like, okay, you know, like just let's do one thing. I'm gonna. It's gonna be hard, but I'm gonna. I'm gonna try it. So. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes it it's not so blissful, and you're you're face to face with. Um, I don't know. Maybe something. In my case, something I may be avoiding in a subtle way, um, but it's that awareness comes first. And then from there, it's like, wow, I think I'm going to try just, you know, just to give it a shot, like one time, see what it's like. Yeah. Great. Well, I wish we had more time to share, but thanks everybody so much for being here and uh, Sachem for your presentation as well this is so fruitful and um looking forward to more future yeah thank you jatila and thanks everybody for your comments uh great class excellent you know wonderful i hope everybody had a, a good intensive and you're making it through the week all right hang in there um if you're feeling a little churned up uh, i hope this class was there for you to sort of help you you know, feel that that lightness of spirit with being with Sangha. So thank you, Jatila, for your work. And thanks, everybody, for making this special. Namaste.